<laughs> I'm excited. We're Welcome back at it. Fam. We're back. <laughs> Boys are back in town. Guess who's back? Back, back, back. Did I tell you that um did I tell you my boyfriend executive produced that video? Yeah, did I not tell you that? No, you've yeah, never dude, I can it. show you. He's in it. He executively produced that video. Of course it wasn't my boyfriend at the time, for those who are listening. But yeah, that was his old job. <laughs> I can show you. Yeah, it's like it's, it's just it's seven. Seven. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, it's so insanity. Okay. Anyway, welcome to your Boy Meets World fancast. Yeah, you know what? It's been a, a little bit of a hiatus for us, guys. Yes, it's been a while. But you know what? I think this is better. We, me, me, and Siege have been off doing another podcast, which you may have heard about, called Movie Makeover. Yep, and it's been consuming a lot of our time. But in our hearts. In our hearts, Boy Meets World was our was our soulmate, was our love. <laughs> if we had to think of a perfect show, we couldn't even come up with something as good as this. So we had to come back to season three. Yeah, yeah. Um, as as TC said, we had a few personal things, and then also our other project, which um, got us a delay. But we are back for season three, and I, I also think that like we did season two. I think maybe we took like a month break between seasons. Seasons one and two. This one we took a few months, but I actually think it's better because I'm coming to the show with fresher eyes. I'm not as familiar with the cast. Like I, I just, it took me like I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, that's where we are in this, and it just, it was interesting to watch it after taking the break. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, honestly, like we're gonna get into it. Um, how are you though? Oh well, I, <laughs> I'm great. I mean, I'm living in LA now. We're we're doing podcasts. We're you know, living that Angelina life, living that Angelina Earthquakes life, earthquakes and all. I I have to say, <laughs> nothing pleased me more than being out of town for the earthquake. Oh, you weren't there. So my first LA earthquake, I was not here for, which is good because it probably would have scared me. <laughs> <laughs> which is where you're at. Okay, cool. So, do you just want to get into this? I I can't wait to dive head first into this episode. I mean, you know, like for those who haven't, um, as you were saying, we are fans, not experts, of this show. Uh, and yeah. there was a lot that happened during our hiatus. Um, with the cast. Sure, with, yeah, yeah. Um, Boy Meets World in general. There's it's lots really, of... It's really interesting that really, um, I think maybe since Girl Meets World got cancelled, mm-hmm. how um, willing the cast is to get together at these conferences, at these conventions, yeah. you know, like, do podcast stuff. Like, it's just really interesting to see the cast coming together and doing more live appearances now. Yeah. Um, when I just, it's just so interesting, because obviously we're so far removed from both shows. Yeah. And so it's interesting that they're like, you know what? We, we like this. We want to do more of this. Let me tell you, my brother went to the comic con in Orlando that they had. Oh, and he yeah. got to get a photo <gasps> with them. And I was so angry because you and I still don't have. This. No. How I, do we not have? It? I don't know. <laughs> they've been my best friends all my life. They just don't fucking know it. <laughs> so my, my, my biggest thing is like we've talked about this 
several times. Ben Savage lives in Santa Monica, and I'm like scared oh my God. to run into Okay, him. so I went to Orlando <laughs> for 4th of July, right? And I'm at the airport, and I'm buying like some coffee or whatever. And the barista, I hear one of the baristas in the back say, like, um, oh, yeah, she was saying that she saw that guy from Boy Meets World. What's his name? <sighs> the Matthews guy. And I like literally yelled <laughs> over someone to be like, um, I'm sorry, you saw him when? Today. They were like, no, it was yesterday. I was like, God, I would have searched all over this airport for Ben Savage. <laughs> so close and yet so far. Okay, so let's get into the... Tell me about it. Tell me... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh let me try again. Tell me about it. Yes, for season three, episode one, My Best Friend's Girl. Um, Topanga leaves for a summer and comes back a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Corey finally gets the courage to ask her out. When he does find out, sorry, when he does, he finds out that Sean is dating Topanga. Corey goes into a jealous rage and he asks Topanga's best friend Trini to be his date. Um, In the end, Corey finds out Sean and Topanga Sorry, Sean and Trini set him up, uh, and Corey asked Topanga out, and she says yes. Um, and that is, I apologize, that was a very rough <laughs> summary. Yeah, 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 and I like, I got it from something, and it was like the most rough summary I've ever read. Uh, but yeah, what were your first thoughts? I thought this this episode did a great job of setting up the conflict for the remainder of the season, which it often does in its pilot episode. Usually if you watch like okay. the first episode of the season, you get an idea of what the whole season's gonna be about. Like okay. in this episode, we're seeing like the tensions that are slowly building between Turner and Sean. We're seeing how that's playing into Feeney and Turner's relationship. We're seeing the start of Corey and Topanga's romantic life. So things that are really going to stretch out throughout the whole season. Eric trying to get into college. These are all things we're going to keep seeing. So I thought it was really great for in that respect. So that's interesting that you say that because I come at this, you know, I come as this rewatch as someone who's literally haven't seen it in 20 years. Sure. So I don't know what what lies ahead. And I actually had a few problems with this episode. Really? Because... So much isn't said. Like, everything you just told yes. me, I get hints of, but, like, this episode doesn't do it. I, I will say there are tons of times where I'm just like, oh, it seems like the whole dynamic between Corey and Topanga changed over the summer, and we're getting no explanation as to why. Well, that's another thing. Like, also with the height of the last episode. Again, yeah. like, revisiting the last episode and then going into this episode, you're like... We went from like here was huge like, dramatic boy moment, meets moment, world yeah. to like kind of boy meets world. It kind of feels like filler boy meets world a little bit. This is definitely that whole we're back and kind yeah. of like the the filler. You know, you know what? It truly is a TGIF show, and and, yes. and that like Especially hey, during May sweeps, we need to have some crazy stuff going on. But first episode, it's back to school. Every <laughs> time, it's back to school. Yeah, I mean, but some episodes. I mean, I don't know about this show because we haven't seen it yet. But some shows, even in thirty minutes, are able to be like, hey, we're back from hiatus. This is everything that happened, and it's still concise in the good launch launching i would have really and i'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more but i think what i also needed which i feel you need to um was some continuation of the whole sean's parents leaving jonathan taking over like we hear it mentioned slightly about like oh when his parents get back whatever but like 
Where are they? What's been going on? How is this affecting Sean? Sean seems really blasé about everything. Like, it just seems as though, you're right, they ignored a lot of emotional touch points that should have been addressed coming off of that. But because this was a show in 1995, they're not working off of, people are going to be watching these shows one by one. It's, they haven't been here all summer, so we can start anew. Yeah, but like, even with that, I would love it if... We, like, opened up the day before the first day of school. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, see what's going on and kind of, like, really And why rush into this Corey Topanga relationship first episode? That seems like a second episode. I would have preferred that. That's what I'm saying. I would have preferred if this was episode two and episode one was more of a pickup. Okay. But before we get into all of these things, let's do our roll call. Yeah! We have some new characters. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we do. Um, And let's start off with... Eli. Okay, so I <laughs> I like Eli genuinely, genuinely, uh, generally. Um, my whole thing with Eli is that um, one, obviously, our first person of color who has a major role on the show, uh-huh. I think, is a huge win. Considering mm-hmm. this is Philadelphia, after all, mm-hmm. um, I don't like the fact that he's unemployed. But well, you know, whatever. Unemployed <laughs> ladies' man, yeah. and it's something that. Like, it's it's really hard because I am, I've been doing, you guys know me at this point in time. I do a lot of research. I've been doing a lot of, like, listening to just racial and social um, cliches and sure, sure, sure. And displays in media. And the black ladies' man or sexual, sexualizing of the black character is such a... It's such a trope. It's just like when you get a black guy, not only is he cool, he's cool and all the ladies love him. And like it's like that's a positive thing, but it's also like that's that's their shorthand. There's a few roles for a black actor in the early <laughs> 90s. One, obviously you have the criminal, right? Yes. Oh, you also have the angry black man. Yes. You even see this in some sitcom. I think Martin kind of falls into that. Martin does kind of um, go into the angry Yeah, he yeah. is he is angry black man. And then you have like obviously your old wise black man, your Morgan Freeman's, your James mm-hmm. Earl Jones. But then you have this Will Smith, Eddie Murphy, smooth talking, Chris Tucker ladies man. Yes. Who is is all uh, charm and very little substance from t- from for the most part, um, and this is the category that Eli falls into. Yeah, and so while I do appreciate it, I mean, obviously, I feel that's the best of all of the options for black men in yeah, the nineties, of course, because um, at least it's the, it's a positive light, but it's still one of those things where at least in this first introduction of Eli, we don't see a lot of depth outside of it. Absolutely, or you get like there is the there's the not like the others black guy. Yeah, you're not like the others. Not like the others black guy. And and that that can be displayed in Steve Urkel, that can be displayed yes. in Carlton. That can like there's always like he's not like the rest of them, yes. even though he's in you know, like, 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 like anyway. Well, um, I, I will say there was a as much as again I grow to like Eli. Um, right off the bat, we learned something super troubling and that he might be caught up in some kind of Me Too era scandal well, yeah, yeah. with a college girlfriend <laughs> whose only English word was yes. <laughs> Not cool. Well, see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, the two things we learned about him right off the bat is, ladies, man, he got the secretary's number. He's more preoccupied with that than the job. Um, and As then, all black men are. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the next time we see him... We hear that he 
you know, had this thing with this foreign girl and she couldn't speak English, but that didn't matter. It was because... the best semester of his college life. Exactly. So, again, like, with Eli, I did I did find him funny. I did find him charming. Um, I liked the casting of him. Yeah. But I just was like, let's see if we get any more development from him. He was very um, CBS black to me. <laughs> if I were to turn on a sitcom on CBS in the 90s, he seems like the kind of character that would be walking around. So it's so funny that you say that because a little bit later, I wrote, I mean, when we get into the episode, I wrote, we get a new intro as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, And I was like, this intro feels very primetime CBS, Becker. Like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. just seems like very that and not was like this, was Eli on Becker was Eli on Becker no that's like, another <laughs> very similar black guy but oh yeah. my god I think he's the blind guy on Becker I think he is. All right, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta Google this. I totally forgot that. Once again, we have done zero research. (laughs) Yeah, if you if you didn't know that by now, we never do research. (laughs) All right, so uh, let's go to his IMDb profile and just take a quick look at his filmography. I'm pretty sure he's Becker. I'm pretty sure he's he's not. He's the blind guy in Becker. If not, we're racist. (laughs) (laughs) We got Boy Meets World here. He was in Swingers High Fidelity. Becker. Yep, 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 yep. he's a Becker. That's so crazy. That's... Oh, sorry, you guys, that we took 20 minutes to figure that out. (laughs) But anyway, so that's Eli. But then we also get... Trini. Trini. And not... Saber-to-Taiga Trini. We get Tropanga's best friend, which I think is very interesting because last season had a shocking amount of uh, Topanga absences. Yes. And so... We're coming to find out that both Turner and Topanga have both had had best friends this whole time. And so I'm assuming that when we weren't seeing Topanga... She was hanging out with Trini. She was hanging out with Trini. So I will say a few things. One, Trini is played by the incredible Brittany Murphy, who every time I see her makes me sad because she was so good in everything she did. Well, Well, let me just say, she's good at this role. Well, I mean... Maybe this, and this she plays kind this of role. role. She yeah. plays this role often, yeah. especially in the nineties. She plays this role in Sister Sister. She plays in Clueless. She plays it in Clueless. She plays. I literally for the first time watched Drop Dead Gorgeous, and she plays the char- that character yeah. in that as well. She plays naive, bubbly weirdo, yes, like no one else. And I mean, but we loved her for it. It's like. I'm annoyed by you, but I still like you, but I'm very annoyed by you. Also, like, with Trini, I was getting very, like, it made sense to me that she was friends with Topanga. 100%. Because she reminded me of first season Topanga. This weird Topanga that we all know that maybe they were friends growing up, whatever, and that they have this weirdness that is a part of their friendship, but almost as if... As Topanga becomes cooler, she almost becomes too cool for Trini. Yeah, no. Which is and, a sad thing. And, and that is sad, but, like, I was just saying, looking at it, sometimes you'll get a cast, and they're like, they're best friends, and you're like, sure. they're complete opposites. What do they have in common? You just cast this person out of nowhere. Yeah. But Trini felt, she felt like a friend of Topanga's. And, and she, she also felt like, felt she like a real girl. She didn't feel like some of the, one of these, like, Disney Channel characters that are just super flat. Like, she had a lot of interesting perks to her. I was just gonna say, she also, she... Very much like first scenes of Topanga, she's quirky and confident. Yeah. You know, like, she does not see anything she does as weird. She doesn't see herself yeah. as um, the nerd or the outlier. She sees herself as just as viable as 
Topanga, she assumes that Corey is hitting on her. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's it's all of that done sure. right at the beginning. Very and well. so I was like, I like this Trini character. Although, as like since we've been doing the, the movie um, podcast and everything, I've been very apt to like the Bechdel test. Yeah. Does Trini and Topanga have a single scene where they're actually talking together? Like, we're seeing, sorry, we're shown them talking but we don't see actually hear them yeah. share a bit of dialogue the entire episode, I believe. And again, this goes to my point that this shouldn't <laughs> have been the story for the first episode because establishing Trini as the best friend without it being purposeful for the plot would have made it seem a lot better. It's like, oh, hey, we need an Asian actress for the storyline. Let's get an Asian actress. Absolutely. For the so, so yeah. um, we're we're forgetting another character who I know we only talk about like main characters speaking roles, but. I kind of want to talk about Coach Franklin. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. Okay. Because we're getting to Coach Franklin. <laughs> we Literally, when we talk into the episode, I'm getting to Coach Franklin. Because the only reason why I didn't mention Coach Franklin is because that was not a speaking role. And that is definitely something that we can talk about. in it. But since we're getting into the episode, let's start with the one Coach Franklin. What are your thoughts? I, I honestly, like... The entire time, I'm like, is this cool? I can't tell if this is cool or not. It doesn't feel cool. So it's weird because they never make fun of Coach Franklin. They just acknowledge that Coach Franklin has had changes. Yes. So they, uh, just for those who don't know, um, and you can insert the clip in here, there is a scene where Corey says that Topanga left for the summer and came back a woman. Well, come on, Corey. Just go up to her and say hi. You've known her your whole life. Yeah, but that's not the Topanga I've known. I mean, it's like she goes away for a summer and comes back a woman. Yeah, so did Coach Franklin. <laughs> that's another story. Cool. And it's played for a laugh, but again, it's not really like they're judging. The boys don't make a face. They don't say, you know, like, it's not degrading. And then when we see Coach Franklin for like half of a second, she's hot. It's not like a man dressed up no, like a it, woman. It, they got a woman just to play the they part. They got a woman to play that part. And so as we are not trans, I cannot tell you whether or not that is an okay thing. Um, but it's, it's weird because it's like it's played for a joke. You know that it's supposed to be something that is laughed at. Yeah. And that to me is... At where this problematic area I is. don't know. Like, the only time I think it's kind of, like, hinted at as being something weird as is when Eric is... Eric is promoting this movie for the Film Society so he can get into college, and he has to show this old Western, and he's complaining about it, and Feeney's like, oh, it's it's a singing cowboy musical. It's Coach Franklin's favorite movie, or something like that. Yeah, and what is that? I've never even gotten that. Because I think there is supposed to be this, like, myth of, like, the gay cowboy movies from, like, the 70s and 60s and things like that. So, like, I think that that's what they were hinting at. Okay, I was really confused by that, because Brokeback has not come out yet. No, 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 but Brokeback <laughs> is a callback to a lot of these like 70s New York indie movies see I would have thought like for me that movie is Spartacus in a lot of oh, okay. like even in, in Clueless yeah, which yeah, we yeah. talked about earlier he he is in love with Ben-Hur like you know like that's yeah. the movie that he wants to watch so that's kind of what I expected okay. from I, it I see, if, I we're, see. if we're going to do like a movie club and make this gay joke even I expect it to be like 
something her or Spartacus or something a little bit more obvious. Yeah. But maybe you're right. We've never seen this movie, so yeah. maybe it is. I don't even. I don't even know that it's a real film. Yeah, for the for the like, because I know Texas Sucker Nine, Leon's yeah. Revenge or whatever, <laughs> is not a real film. I have looked for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm um, getting into the episode a little bit more. Um, let's talk. First of all, as I said in the intro, we're teenagers now. Like the intro gives us the that voices are different. Corey's voice has dropped. Taller. Yep, he's as tall as Sean now. We are in a different world. One of the things I notice about the very first thing we're introduced to with both of these characters is like Corey is all New Year, New Me. He's got his J.C. Penny outfit. He's like ready to go to school because he's really like <laughs> he's been hungering for Topanga all summer. All this cologne, yeah, all this cologne <laughs> or whatever. Sean goes to school in the bathroom. <laughs> and I, you know what? At first I laughed at this, but I was like, let me really think about this. All right. This kid doesn't have a home life. He doesn't really have any rules or like, like in the opening scene, we see him like testing his relationship with Turner. Let me yeah. see if I can get a pass, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, he'll write it for me, whatever. Like really just testing his limits in a lot of ways and Turner struggling to, to discipline him properly. Um, but it just, to me, it just made me feel like, wow, Sean just doesn't care. And the reason why he doesn't care, I think, is because he's had very little to care about. Okay, so if you want to do this, let's analyze the Sean character. Yeah. Because, like, I, I just was, like, starting off with, like, we're older now. And, yeah. like, you know, Corey is taller and his voice is deeper. And Topanga is literally, like, this is the very first thing that we say is on Corey's mind. Girls are now the forefront. Yeah. You know, like, last year baseball. it was, like, trying to fit in. And yeah. then, like, previously it was about baseball. This year, it is girls. That's very true. And and that is our focus. And as you said, even Eric has, like, his his plot is, like, I'm older, I'm getting older, college yeah. is now on the horizon. So we kind of start off with this is stepping away from this kind of from middle school-esque yeah. where-do-I-fit identity and more of we're a little bit more mature and interpersonal relationships. Um, I noted that we, we always talk about how at this point in time in your life, your family gets less important. Yeah. And that's reflected in the I don't intro. think Alan was in this episode. Alan wasn't in this episode, and we don't see Amy until... We don't visit the house. We don't visit Corey's house, which was a staple set, until halfway through this episode. I, I, it's five seconds of Amy, and then... We're right back to Corey talking to Eric. Yeah. And I know that that Amy came in late, too. And that's when I realized I was like, oh, wow, that's right. They did. They do have a house to go back to. I'm so called. Like, I'm fine living at like as a viewer being in school with them. Like, I am fine just like hanging out in class with them, going through all this stuff. I don't as a viewer, I'm not missing like the home environment of the first season. I am and I'm not, and I'll get into that, and it's because, like, I'm not in the sense that there's really, like, we don't need those B storylines from Alan that we got, you yeah, know, previously. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's not necessary, especially when we have Eric doing his own thing now. Um, or Eric's basically doing Alan's job in this episode, giving Corey the talk. That's where I was going to say, is that... Corey doesn't get any good advice in this episode. Ah, uh, because he and he went to his friends and his brother, and that was what I was going to say. Like he even like to be honest, even when he goes to Turner, they don't give him 
good advice. Yeah. They, they're focused on themselves. They're young bachelor dudes, and mm-hmm. that's where their advice is coming from. And it's interesting that the show just kind of shows it and doesn't doesn't express to us that Corey is now getting his information all from his peers. And just the, the influence that his peers have over him is much is much higher now than it was before. Exactly. Um, that was that was my one thing. And then yeah. also as I said, it, we talked about this and so far it's true. The intro tells us who is priority in Corey's life and we've slowly been eliminating anyone in the family you know it's like right now we're down to eric and sean those are like the two people who are most important in Corey's life topanga is going to come in but at this point in time even topanga is like an aspiration she's not fully formed um what does it mean to come back a woman are we talking (laughs) she has boobs she has a period what are we talking here i think i think it's Boobs. I think. I mean, like, because we've seen Topanga develop well, but that's previously. The, that's the but I second think season starts with Sean commenting on her boobs. But I think that it's what we're really saying is Corey came back a man. You know what I mean? He's like, noticing. He's the woman. noticing. Women. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like that's the real thing about this episode. It's Corey really like has Topanga. She is our love interest now. You know, like, at first she was our friend, and he even says, it's like, she, it was different when she we were just friends, but now I don't know how to be around her. Yes, that's very true. My question, why? <laughs> what happened between summer, uh, like, the beginning of summer and end of summer, where, you know, you have Topanga, you know, kind of, like, having a crush on Corey from behind, Corey's not really aware of it, and then that's just kind of unsettled. We know that Topanga has this crush on Corey. It's never reciprocated, and now the tables seem completely turned. Um, and I'm just curious: is it just he missed her over summer? What was it about her that made him think about her all summer? I think, in all honesty, I mean, it's kind of the problem with Corey. Is I think Topanga's just always been there, and so now that he's starting to notice girls, Corey's always about the easiest route. You know Ooh. what I mean? And it's like so Topanga <laughs> was right there. You know what I mean? Like, we saw him date other girls in the past, and that didn't go well. But even even last season, Topanga was his fallback. So I feel yeah. like he's like, I'm into girls now. I'm probably jacking off all the time. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Topanga is the one who makes him feel most comfortable. And the one who, at this point in time, will challenge him the least. One of my main problems with the Corey and Topanga relationship, as it's being established on the show, and maybe you can help me with this, I do not have siblings. Yeah. When Topanga says, we've known each other our whole lives, we've grown up together, we've yes. been best friends, is there not like a sister-brother type of thing so, there? So, here's the thing. It's always weird, especially on television, it's uh, a trope. And even in real life, when you've grown up with someone... There is something to be said about knowing that person is not family. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like they're like family, but they are not family. Okay. And that that bond of like not really being family, I mean, like even with Sean, we kind of do that where it's less sexual, but it's just like even with the boundaries, it's like as as much as Sean is family, he's not family. Yeah. So Sean feels the freedom to like leave or be dismissive, or even in this episode date the girl who he knows yeah, is yeah. Like, you know like his best friends into so there is a 
there's a, a gray area with growing up with someone. Um, and I think that it is interesting that we always pitch it as this girl next door is someone you will eventually be with. And I think that just kind of comes from like primitive errors where it's like your, your tribe was smaller. So you would in fact end up dating someone you had known your entire life. I guess from a 2019 perspective, I feel like there would be more questions than there is in 1995 or whatever. Possibly, but also like, I will say that as someone who studied um, child rearing, you often explore dating, sexuality, all of these things with people you grew up with because there's the comfortability. Yeah, there's the comfort there. You're you're literally you're going through things together and like especially if they're the same age group as you, you trust them. You know, it's sure, like sure, sure. there are so many um stories of like groups of boys who grew up together kind of experimenting with each other. And it's just because, like, you're all the same age. And you're like, are you doing this? I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is really funny because, speaking of getting older, I did write this down. Uh, I think it was, like, Corey or Sean, like, they mentioned that they moved on to boxer briefs. Yes. And I I thought, I was like, new year, new me, I got my dick swinging in boxers now. I was wondering, I was like, when, because I remember, it's so funny that they mentioned this, because I remember the switch from, like, briefs to boxers. Yep. D- when did you go through that transfer for me? Um, <laughs> it was definitely... I think it was, like, late middle school, early high school. I don't remember the exact time. I remember the first time I got boxers, I was not a fan because they bunched up entirely, but I found out they were too big. <laughs> it took me a while to discover boxer briefs. Those helped out quite so a bit. So that's what I was going to say. For me, I remember middle school switching... From briefs to boxers and being like, there's just too much room. Everything's everywhere, especially in Florida. It's just like, it's hot. hot. (laughs) There's just like not a lot of sport. So by, I'll say freshman year, I had discovered boxer briefs, which apparently, I'm not going to say this is true, but like, apparently that's like the tell of a gay man like like really the early adaptation of boxer briefs mm. was like this this cliche it did take me a while <laughs> i struggled with boxers through most of high school and it was this thing of just like oh they're comfortable when i'm like walking around the house but to honestly wear them under layers of clothes it, they always ended up i have bunched up never understood why men wear 20 layers of boxers yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just like it just didn't make sense to me and in all honesty even with boxers like now i'll i have like two pair and like i may wear them I but know, for I the most that. part we're a boxer briefs household here yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure and that was just like a little uh nostalgia <laughs> from like <laughs> welcome back to boxer talk with cgtc <laughs> um so we kind of talked about um topanga and her being a love interest now and trini and even coach franklin but I mean, outside of that and Amy, that's all the females we get. Yeah. And which no surprise here. We've seen Boy Meets World do this. If if anything, they're doing better. We have more female characters in this episode <laughs> than we've had in most episodes. Exactly. But remember, even though they're there, I don't think any of them talk to each other. Well, why would they? There's men there. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they're focused on. Um also, you let let let's get into the whole Sean storyline okay yeah um uh, here's the thing about this so Corey is you know 
trying to get with Topanga, but he's awkward as fuck. Like, he can't yes. talk around her. He's, like, saying all this awkward stuff. He's saluting her. He's thumbs up in her. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, Sean keeps encouraging her him, like, hey, you have to ask her out. Someone else is going to do it. She looks great. Um, by the way, when Sean called Topanga hot, I, I thought that was weird. Um, like, I get it, but I was just like, why are you checking out your boy's girl like that, fam? Again, from the very, like... Let's let's talk about Sean just in general because I want to I want to talk about the plot and the plan of this and separately yes. because that to me was something I definitely wanted to discuss. Okay, um, so like just just on Sean and like the Turner dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, as we said, Sean is now living with Turner. That's established. Mm-hmm. He's testing his boundaries. Even Feeney comes up and he's just like. Oh, are you going to write a letter to yourself? You know, like, Feeney is just kind of like... He brings up the fact that Turner is going to have to balance being a guardian and being his teacher. Well, one of the things that probably is troubling to Feeney is that literally last year he was like, yo, you're way too close with your kids. You're way too informal with your kids. You're giving them X-Men comics to read. Like, there's all these things he's like... I Where he's, like, wanting Turner to grow up and be a little bit more traditional. And then... End of last season, he takes a kid into his actual home. So all this does is heighten Feeney's already paranoia that Turner is not taking the job seriously and he's not doing it in a way that's professional. No, and and what I'm saying is I completely agree, but this episode brings that up and then just doesn't mention it again. I would have loved if, you know, there was just a scene of... Uh, Turner and Eli realizing that these boys are coming to them. Or for even um, Corey to be like, I got this advice from Mr. Turner, and someone to be like, that's bad advice. Yeah. You know, it's just like, th- it's it's brought up once, and that's it. And I... I, I Go ahead. To, to your point, there's a lot in this show that's like, it's brought up for a scene, and then we don't hear about it again. I'm hoping, as a viewer, that like, Essentially, what we're going to get is, like, a scene about Eric going to college in episodes one, two, three, four, and then by season five, it's grown to a point where it can take up and, like, really mean something, because the pacing of the show is so that no one gets more than maybe a scene or two dedicated to their specific problem, unless you're Corey. Um, Everyone else, even Sean, really didn't get the the attention he should have gotten considering where we left off with him in season two. Which is what I guess we're saying. And you're saying that this episode is all about seedlings. It's throwing all, it's throwing seeds out. And then I'm, that's what I'm hoping as a viewer, I'm hoping that because we know, I, I feel that, you know, something like Sean and Turner's relationship is something that like over time will get more and more complicated and get more and more harder for, for Turner to, to navigate. Like I'm not a parent. Like I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I guess for me, especially considering everything that's going on with Corey, Sean, and Topanga, let's just take that dynamic um, and then throw in Trini. We could have done without the Eric subplot. We could have done without... Dude, there are so many stories in this. A Good Boy Meets World episode has an A story, maybe a B story. This one had an A, B, C, D. Like, literally every story from every character, major character of the season was introduced. Eli not having a job, Turner and Sean's relationship, Turner and Feeney's relationship, Eric, fucking Joey the Rat and Frankie get a good chunk of this episode. Like, everyone is in it to the point where, like you're saying, no one is getting the full meat of their story. Exactly, exactly. Um, So... Let's talk about let's talk about um, kinda, the the, kinda, the plot, and then yeah, let's yeah. talk about 
Eric because I, I do want to spend some time on Eric's plot sure. in this. But let's first talk about this whole plan of Sean. Well, it's not quite revealed to be a plan throughout the episode. Until the epilogue. And yeah. I was going to say, thank God for that epilogue because I was like, are we just going to... If you don't watch... If you didn't stay after commercial break, as far as you're concerned, Sean's an asshole. Yeah, if you guys didn't watch the episode, basically what we're referring to is the fact that Sean asked out to Panga. Corey's like dragging his feet with it. Sean asked her out, and he's like, well, you didn't do it. I don't see what the problem is. She didn't have a boyfriend. I asked out her out, and we're going out. And Corey's super upset, and then it comes to find out that him, Topanga, and Trini have all well, been— Well, not Topanga, just him and Trini. Him and Trini have orchestrated this plan, basically, to force Corey to step up and speak to Topanga. Um, this is a revelation to me, because I thought Topanga was in on the plan. No, no. Topanga's not in on it. So this leads me to my main question, which is, there is a scene where Corey goes to Chubby's with Trini, right? Yeah. And they're there, and he's, like, trying to get to the point where he's, like, hey, does Topanga like me? What's the situation? Trini thinks Corey's asking her out, whatever. Sean and Topanga come in. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, if this is all to fuck with Corey... Why are they there on the night when they're not supposed to be on the date? That's what made me think, like, Topanga was in on this. Because otherwise, why is she going along with dating Sean if she likes Corey? I think Topanga Topanga is behaving exactly as she said. She was like, you didn't. Someone else did. What did I do? Topanga, you only went out with my best friend. Well, you didn't ask me. Besides, you came to the make-out movies with my best friend, too. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's well thought out, but I feel like Topanga was like, well, if Corey won't, Sean will. You know, like, and she was just, she went with the offer that she had. Because, honestly, Topanga did that before last year with the dance, remember? Where yeah. Topanga was like, look, someone is asking me, someone's showing me attention. I like Corey, but I am not going to wait around for Corey. Yeah. That has always been to Cor- uh, sorry, to <laughs> Topanga's. <laughs> yeah. That's always been Topanga's mo yeah and that fits her character it is a little weird that she agrees to go with sean but again i guess it's like sean is always like this been this cool let's looking up. entertain the idea that topanga was in on it wouldn't it make more sense for her to go to chubbies with sean then to like show no, up i'm not there saying that it wouldn't make it? sense i'm just saying that the script itself they they both surprised Topanga and Corey. The, the only reason I say this is because literally the last things we know of Topanga is that she has this massive crush on Corey that she wants Sean not to talk about it. Sean knows she has a massive crush on Corey. So it would just been have been interesting for us to at least see Sean ask Topanga out to see what her reaction was, what Are her mindset was. Are you saying that Boy Meets World has continuality problems? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, that's definitely... I, I, I agree. Like, it's a weird... This plan, first of all, it's very weird. It's very, very risky. Like it's like, don't get me wrong. There is something to be said of knowing your best friend and knowing their behaviors and knowing how people will behave. So like, I can totally see Corey being sorry, Sean being like, Corey's not going to do this until he feels threatened by one other yeah, person. Yeah. I will take that role of the threat because a he'll forgive me and b I can control the situation. And I can also see them being Trini and Sean being like Topanga 
like, like, once Corey confronts Topanga, because he's going to, Topanga will be like, well, where were you at? And what are you going to do? And they'll yeah. have the conversation that they both are too afraid to have. This plan seems very high level for Sean and Trini. <laughs> it really does. Like, if we're taking Topanga out of it, like, Sean, I do believe he has the heart to do this. But as far as the intellect to really, like, think out this plan, how I see it happening is Sean had the idea he went to Trini. Trini is the one who came up with everything. Okay. Because what... Sean is very intelligent and very intuitive when it comes to Corey and Tavanga. And Trini was the one that was like, oh, you're asking me out, aren't you? Exactly. So she's she kind of like got the ball rolling, sure, and sure, I sure. get that. And remember, Sean was the one who said, wasn't it Sean who said, ask our best friend? Yeah. No, it was Eric. Ah, uh, it was yeah. Eric. See, and that, here's the, okay, so on that thing, now it makes even less sense because like, did Eric know? Eric had no idea. Eric doesn't care. He literally says, you have 10 seconds of me being That's interested. why when it re- was revealed to be a plan, I was like, there was a lot that we as the audience were not involved in that we should have been in order for us to fulfill. Like, Or even if if, if um, Sean, like, um, to me, it would have been made more sense if Sean looked at Topanga and they winked at each other. Yes, exactly. Like, even, that, like some, some indication that this was a plan that everyone was in on but Corey. That is kind of messed up, yep. but it at least would make sense in the script. What I would have preferred, honestly, is if Topanga was like, hey, Corey's having a hard time asking me out. I'm just going to ask him out. Like, to me, that seems like the Topanga that I know that's just like, I'm. if I want this, I'm just going to do it myself. I'm not going to wait for someone to do it for me. Although, to your point, I know that she wouldn't wait for Corey, but I don't know. I just would have liked that versus this scheme and... It takes attention away from Sean's predicament, which is what I'm really interested in. Yeah. And I think that's the problem I have Absolutely. with that. And then also, I mean, the way it deals with... We have this problem very often where Corey uses women as tools. And he uses, like... First of all, he gets caught up because Trini is the one whose idea it is. But Corey goes along with using Trini to make Topanga jealous. Yep. And don't get me wrong, he's supposed to be young and we're supposed to he's kind of like our anti-hero in this way, yeah. but it is just it's a terrible trait. And to your point, okay, let's let's say Trini wasn't involved in this. She thinks this guy is on a date with her. Yeah. And then leaves her to ask her best friend to be his girl. Like it's all Again, very it, fucked it's up. It's very much like if no matter what <laughs> no matter no matter the epilogue, what this episode showed us was how terrible Corey is. Piece of shit. Corey. And how um, much of a gamble Sean was willing to make. Because, again, it's really? like... Like, Sean didn't, like... Also, it kind of like Sean thinks little of Corey. Because here's the thing. I don't disagree. Here's the thing. Yeah, you don't make that move unless yeah. you know that person's going to forgive you. And Sean essentially was just like, he'll get over it. You know what I mean? It's just like, I can do this. I I can take his girl and he will still be friends with me. Yeah. Because I did it for a good reason. Also, Corey does ask Topanga to be his girlfriend on her and Sean's date. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, like, we know Corey's terrible. But that's my one thing. Um, How do you feel about moving on to Eric? I feel I feel good about it. Um, one quick thing I do, I, gosh, I had read something down. I couldn't cut out my search for this. Um, um, I love the line that Corey says to Topanga. Look, Topanga, if I had to dream up the perfect woman, she wouldn't even come close to you. 
Would you be my girlfriend? Not only is that such a panty dropper line, <laughs> I've used that line my whole life. Have and you really? A hundred percent. And it <laughs> fucking works, bro. Every single time. It's a dope line. I've used it my whole life. I learned it from Corey. And I got to say, it's paid off with Devin. Here's the thing. Boy Meets World, I mean, like, has always taught me things, which is why I think it's watching Corey use Trini and watching um, Sean blatantly date his best friend's girlfriend or even crush. Those two things right there, as you and I have said, we are imprinted by this show. And so showing that, especially having the the resolution be an epilogue, which people may not watch, is tricky because it's like, what are you expressing? Yeah. And what are you saying is okay? Um, I mean, it's a Disney show, so we may be giving it too much credit. But Boy Meets World is known for its lessons that it gives. Yeah. And for me, this one was really kind of messed up. One, and one quick thing before we move on, too, is that I, although I know, we know Topanga to be this person who can understand Corey better, I felt like Corey came on real strong. Oh, he I did. felt with this, like... She's like, why can't you just tell me? You don't think I've tried? I've been practicing saying this all summer long, and it's just like, whoa, that's a ton of pressure to like put on me to receive this a certain way. Well, not only that, there's the whole aspect of it's it's the classic "I'm a good guy, so you should be with me" yeah. type trip, where he is like, he hasn't he didn't go up to Topanga and was like, hey, I see you're dating Sean, and I may have blown my chance, but. Yeah. I really would like to let you know that I've been practicing all summer or blah, blah, whatever. He went up to her and was like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be mine. Yep. This isn't going according to my plan. And Topanga was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and there's also, Corey gives Topanga nothing to believe that their friendship would be able to continue in the event that she does not want to be with him. Ah, such a good point. And that's one of those things where I was just like, huh. This is what I'm saying. Like, we just said, I think there was a better way of doing this. Yeah. Especially considering that Boy Meets World is the type of show that teaches you how to have these relationships. Like, nope. it, it's all guilt about... trip women and dating you. That's what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, again, all the TV shows, I mean, that is literally the premise of Family Matters, yep. which is that Urkel just wears Laura down. That's all you gotta do. Uh, okay. Assistance. <laughs> so, Eric. And I want to bring up Eric because this is the beginning of Eric's idiocy. I the, That's the first thing I said. We opened on Eric stapling his shirt to a wall, and I was like, <laughs> we've entered the era of dumb Eric. Exactly. Yeah, we're dumb Eric. We are now with dumb Eric. Well, this is still, like, the initial phase. Like, I feel like this season, he still has his head on the shoulder a little bit more, but for How the most part... How long was his hair? Because, like... So, your, your point. The longer <laughs> the hair, the dumber he gets, and that's very true. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, it really is. Um, but we do see him, like, sincerely... Um, trying, you know, we see this uh, journey he's beginning on to go into college. But what I love about this episode is that the first interaction that Will has, Will for the uh, Eric, is with Feeney. Tell me why I'm doing this again. <laughs> because extracurriculars look good on college applications. Why? My grades aren't good enough to get me into college. Your grades, my friend, are not good enough to get you a Slurpee. <laughs> Yeah, And so we're seeing this mentorship between Feeney and Eric in a way that, like, it's starting off the season that way, and I think it will continue the season this way. And it's one of my favorite relationships in the whole show is Feeney and Eric. Yeah, and the I, seedling. The seedling. And it really is, like, 
Eric is the prime example of this kid who has so much potential, and through Feeney's excellent mentorship, he's able to reach his potential. Well, I mean, like, even when Eric says, why am I doing this? Feeney is like, you're doing this because it looks good on a college application. You know, it's just like, so this wasn't Eric's idea. This was clearly Feeney's idea, and Feeney is in a passive way helping Eric apply. Yeah. And then, like, there's that line where Eric's like, Oh, I can't get in on my grades alone? He's like, you couldn't get a Slurpee. <laughs> love, love that line. Hilarious. But, but, I mean, I think that there's something to say about Feeney giving Eric tough love, but also helping him out. What grade is Eric in? Who knows? Because. <laughs> I'm assuming senior. I'm, I'm under the. Why is Jason not here? Jason. I know they, they went to Europe for a trip, but they weren't graduating then because you're right. I think he was started as a sophomore. We're in season three. He should be a senior. Yeah. Where's Jason? And are they still on that timeline? Are they, are the kids in eighth grade in this? I mean, here's the thing. This is Boy Meets World. We know that there's a whole like, space-time continuum of high school. The, the thing the is show. that at a certain point, Eric stays in high school after the time he's supposed to, and it's during that time that I, I like, my timeline of what grade they're supposed to be in really gets messy. For right now, we're just going to say he's a senior in high school. He's yes. preparing to go to college. He's a senior. Maybe Jason went to a different high school his senior year. Or just, you know, Jason, he really loved the ladies over uh, overseas, and he just stayed. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe he got some poor Ukrainian girl knocked up, and he has to stay there. And um, I mean, he's it. tall in other countries. So. Yeah, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. <laughs> okay, is there anything else about um, this episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I want to talk a little bit about Joey and Frankie, because... Okay. You know, the past seasons, we've seen Joey and Frankie as lackeys. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I mean, this is their second season. Wow, we've gotten so much from them in just one season. Yeah. Um, as lackeys. And then this episode was the first time we see them, like, as independent contractors. Of yeah. Bullying. Like, it really is just like, hey, we don't need anyone else. We have this down to a science. And to them, I found it interesting that their approach to being a gangster is not the Harley Kiner, like, robbing you for lunch money stuff as much as it is like organized crime like organized this junior crime, level yeah. organized crime and you know mr blue mr brown hey like it's they very, make money I'm, I'm here for it yeah they're hustling hard um but what i thought was super interesting was they go to chubby's to give eric like the money and let them know they sold out the show they're wearing suits yeah and i couldn't help but think like when was pulp fiction released exactly it was released the year before the season started so like it's in the cultural zeitgeist that whole idea of like i'm a mobster i'm wearing a suit i i, I saw a lot of is similarities it pulp there. fiction or is it um reservoir dogs Oh, it's, I mean, uh, Samuel Jackson and John Travolta in Pulp Fiction were... No, the only reason I say is because it says Mr. Brown and Mr. Oh, Blue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's Reservoir Dogs. I'm sure there's a lot of Tarantino influences I mean, there. I, don't get me wrong, Tarantino it rules the 90s, yeah, yeah. so I would also um, agree with that. But, like, yeah, I I liked them. Yeah, yeah. I was happy for them. I was happy they didn't need someone. They seemed to be organized. They were profitable. I loved the little joke with the mimes. Yeah. Because that was... I, like, A, mimes are weird and then b the idea that frankie's like they got me in this box was just like really really cool but again i just don't think we needed to see as much of them yeah and i would have i would have loved to 
have more conversation about Eric applying to colleges or something. So what I would have preferred is that this were a two-part episode or it was separated into two parts where we have one that's just focusing on Sean and Jonathan and Corey and Topanga. And then we have another episode that goes into the college thing because you're right. It spreads the story really thin. Um, and I just, as much as I love Joey and Frankie, you're right. They get way too much screen time for something that doesn't contribute to the storyline. I think they have more lines than Amy. Okay. So, um, you want to wrap this up? Sure. Yeah. Do you have like any, like a bruh moment or a Feeney taught me? Or- the, I mean, the main bruh moment I have is, is Coach Franklin. Yeah, Coach and Franklin. really, <laughs> honestly, just like not knowing how I feel about it. Like, guys, if you saw this episode, if you have a better connection to the trans community, please let me know what you thought about it because I was confused as to how I should interpret it. Is this disrespectful? Is it not? I'm learning. I'm growing. I don't know. I, I definitely second that. Uh, and how about a Feeney taught me? Or I, Like, you see, for me, like, the moral of this episode, very loosely, is take action you know what i mean like like don't wait like and, and it's very complicated yeah i mean there should be an overall lesson or story and i think what we're led to believe is that if you you know want to do something you should communicate you should step up you should be brave you should just do it but really the lesson that i think we're supposed to get is more so like hey it's okay to trick your friend if it's for their best interest yeah is that where it's, to get? it's very again this episode was weird and I just want to... So that's why I'm going to grade it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and for you guys who don't know, every episode, we grade the episode. And then we, at the end of the season, season do an average um, based on like the season's GPA. Sure. And this episode, I gave a C. I gave a C, too. Yeah. Did you? All right, cool. It's not a strong opener um, for what I know to be a very strong season. Um, I think it starts off wrong. I think you're right. The the velocity that we built up at the end of the second season doesn't pay off, and there was just there was a lot going on. But hopefully, we'll see a fruition of all these seeds in the episodes to come. Okay, um, now it's time for homework. Uh, do you have any homework? Yes, I do. I found <laughs> a new band that I'm completely in love with called The New Respects. Okay, it's um a two girls that are twins, their brother and a cousin of theirs. Um. All Afros, all singing this R&B Motown era soul music. Um, they have a song called um, Until the Sun Goes Down, which I think is the song of summer. Truthfully, I know this album <laughs> came out last year, but I'm calling it the song of summer 2019. So, yes, go check out the new Respects. I think they have an amazing album. And, um, yeah, it's good feel-good vibes for the summer. Okay. Um, My homework is actually season three of Stranger Things. I don't want to talk about it. I have not seen it yet. (gasps) Oh, my God. So, I will say, I I won't say anything other than this, this season, if you liked the first two seasons, does really good job at continuation. Um, we get a lot of dynamic characters. I chose this as my homework because Corey and Topanga and Sean are getting older, and that's pretty much the premise of this season. Sure. It's like, we are hitting puberty. What does that look like? Girls are a thing. What does that look like? 
Um, and I just really enjoyed this episode. And I also think that it does a very similar job of exploring male and female relationships, both like within a group, um, like, you know, just across, like, I just think it's, it's very interesting. The one thing I will say that it kind of also tied in is Lucas, uh, the black kid Mm -hmm. in... Uh, Stranger Things is dating Max, the redheaded girl yeah. from last season. And again, it's this, the black guy is the ladies' man, and he's the one who understands women more than any other character. And there was a lot of, like, I was like, that same trope is being played out, even amongst... That's really interesting, because I, I've been re-watching season, the first season, re-watching the second season, to prepare for the third one. Um, I was told I couldn't watch the third one while I was on vacation, which is why I hadn't seen it yet. Um, but one of the things I really loved was just how, like, each of them were their kind of own individual person, at least in the first season. They were yeah. just, like, they were all just nerds. And, like, it really didn't... The color of it didn't matter as much as the fact that they were just all these, like, pariahs, really. Um, I didn't care for the second season as much as the first season, so I don't know how I'm going to feel So, I, I want to see what you think about the third season, because... In general, I think the third season does a lot right, and they even like there's a lot of surprise with characters. Okay, um, and I I feel and I feel like I honestly feel like season two was a setup for season three. All right, um, and without I mean this is Netflix and it's one of their most popular shows, so it's kind of obvious that season three, like the end of it, they're just kind of like oh like. Like, they kind of make a reference to Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and I'm like, oh, they're letting you know that this is where we're going when we come back. Wow. We will be in high school, and what does that look like? Sure, sure. So, anyway, um, that is our episode. Anything else you want to say? No, I mean, it's great to be back. Um, we hope that you guys will continue to watch the show along with us. It's streaming on Hulu. Um, and, you know, it, Boy Meets World is something you can share with your friends, with the whole family. There's always lessons to be learned. So exactly. Please, yeah. please join um, us on our, our Voyage Through Season 3. And then, of course, our last little bit of homework is to check out our other podcast. Absolutely. Movie Makeover. Um, TC and I venture into uh, different various movies. Um, you can find that at movie makeover, movie underscore makeover mm-hmm. on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can listen to the episodes on the same places or platforms you're listening to this. Um, and yeah, hit us up with any kind of feedback, whether it be for Boy Meets World or our movie podcast. We just enjoy talk- talking to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, give us your feedback. All right, so thank you for listening to Boy Meets World. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places. Uh, leave us a rating. Those are always helpful. Thank you guys so much who have been sharing this and helping us grow. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X-C-R-A-C-E-E-J. You can find me at uh, Abraver.me, at Abraver.me on Instagram. And you can just also find me re-watching Stranger Things so I can have appropriate <laughs> conversations with you about season three next week. <laughs> okay, um, you guys. And remember to find us at Meets World on all the platforms. You can email us at BrumMeetsWorld at gmail.com. Remember to dream, try, and do some good. Do some damn good, y'all. We need it. We need it, y'all. Uh, now more than ever. Yeah. Later, bros. Later, bro. Rock.